Hello and welcome to Stories of the Second World War. Today I'm joined by James Bradley, author of the number one best-selling book, Flags of Our Fathers, and the book which we will be discussing today called Flyboys, A True Story of Courage. James Bradley, thank you so much for joining me today. Great to be here. So setting the stage for us a little bit, uh, we're going to be talking about Flyboys today, which tells the story of nine American airmen who were shot down in the Pacific during World War II. For those who haven't read your book, who were these airmen? Well, in 1944 and 1945, the Navy set out to suppress the islands that led to Japan so that in 1945, the big B-29s could bomb Japan. But first you had to suppress the smaller islands. So these were Navy pilots who were flinging off of aircraft carriers in little 1940s tin cans to do specific work against these islands. And during what combat mission did these American airmen get shot down, you know, and really sort of approaching the the height and the climax of your book? They came from various aircraft carriers. Uh, uh, they didn't know each other. They were in different units, but they had to the goal was to bomb the radio station at Chichijima, which is right next to Iwo Jima. It was a very difficult target, and it was heavily defended by Japanese guns. And each of them, at different periods of time, were shot down and captured. In what years are we talking about in terms of the World War II? 1944 and 1945. Gotcha. So late war. So you you talked a little bit about that these uh, these airmen were um, American airmen. Uh, one of which I believe is uh, George H. W. Bush. So when they did get shot down, really, what happened to them next? And my understanding is that this was a story that was uh, pushed under the rug by both the the American and Japanese governments after the war. Well, two comments. Once you one one is you said late in the war. At that point, the sailors in the Pacific were saying, see you in 48 at the Golden Gate. They thought the war was going to last three more years uh, against Japan. Um, and in terms of the secrecy of this, it was so secret that George Bush, former head of the CIA, former president of the United States, did not know the story of these guys until I told him. There was a secret war crimes trial on Guam, and because of the atrocities involved, some good old Americans uh, didn't want the American mothers to know what had happened to their flyboy sons, and so it was all top secret. Nobody knew the details of this except a few who were assigned to secrecy until I unearthed the story. And really looking at the, the war in the Pacific sort of broadly during this time, um, you know, you mentioned that uh, they... they Everyone thought that the war would last three more years against Japan, but how did Japan as a military superpower look at this point in terms of its its strengths and weaknesses? Well, that's a big question because Japan was all over the place. You know, Hitler had a big empire there in Europe, but Japan's was much larger. They were all the way down into the Philippines. They had hundreds of thousands of soldiers out in China, uh, specifically on the island of Chichijima. They were going crazy. They were being bombed every day. They couldn't go outside. It was difficult for them to grow food. Uh, they couldn't get off the island. They couldn't get supplies onto the island. So this little microcosm of the island of Chichijima, uh, they, uh, they didn't know what was up, but they were leading a pretty tough life. Yes, certainly. 
So now once, once these airmen got shot down and, you know, what, what was the big secret for those who haven't read Flyboys? Of course, not giving away too much of the book, but, but what was so chronic and so horrible about the fact that these airmen were shot down in the Pacific that, uh, both the American and Japanese governments didn't want the people to know? Well, let's talk about the Japanese government. There was no Japanese government after World War II. The U.S. military uh, ran the place for eight years. So it was, it was totally the decision of the uh, Americans during the war crimes trials to keep this all secret and not tell mom and dad. What was horrific was, uh, number one, they were beheaded. And to Westerners, that's particularly gruesome. Uh, Westerners will, you know, put you up against the wall and shoot you or electrocute you. But beheading is, uh, is just a little, a little out of, uh, out of line in the Western mind. The other thing is that they were partially cannibalized. There was this idea in Chinese and, and Japanese, uh, history that if you ate the liver of your, uh, enemy, uh, you captured his spirit. And there were about 25,000 Japanese on Chichijima. And unfortunately, they were led by two raving alcoholics who thought that uh, slicing open the stomachs and, and roasting these livers was a, a lot of fun. Were these barbaric practices common to, to the Japanese? Or was it just sort of a twist of fate that, that this happened to these Americans? Yeah, it was not common to the Japanese. It's like any uh, any strange war crime on the American or Japanese or any side, any anybody that goes to war. It was an aberration. There were two, as I say, uh, always completely drunk uh, officers who did this, and the rest of the 25,000 Japanese were abhorred by it. In fact, the reason, the detail... See, they had a war crimes trial. Well, who testified against the Japanese? It was the Japanese. In other words, the Japanese uh, soldiers testified against their leaders because they were so horrified by what they did. Why exactly did um, the American government seek to to cover this up? I mean, certainly they weren't the ones carrying out the, the cannibalization. Uh, no, it's as close as I could get to understanding it was that the good old American boy, you know, boys in charge of these trials in 1945 just did not want mom, the moms back in America to uh, get this information. Also, you know, I wrote about the Battle of Iwo Jima, and there was a case where my father's friend was uh, tortured and mutilated, and that was also difficult to uncover and write about it because the Americans didn't want it known. So I, with those two instances, I mean, I wrote about two islands in the Pacific during the, during the war against Japan. And in both instances had torture by the Japanese atrocities by the Japanese that the Americans did not tell back home. When did you first find out about these, these instances, uh, when you were researching for this book, really, when did this first come to light for you? I wrote Flags of Our Fathers. And then at that point, I was getting calls from many people telling me I should write about their story. And I was talking to another author who offhandedly said, I talked to this guy named Bill in Iowa, 
And he's got this crazy story about people being beheaded and eaten. And he sounded too crazy for this other author to deal with. So I called Bill up out in Iowa, and he said that he was a witness at a war crimes trial, and he had to sign into secrecy. But in his 70s, after he was retired, he read that millions and millions of documents had been declassified, and he wondered if the trial was in there. So as a lawyer, he knew how to research. He went into the National Archives, and he pulled the trial out. And it was amazing stuff. Nobody you know, it was, it was secret. He now could tell the secret because it, you know, the, the files have been declassified. And I just happened to be a guy at the right time, uh, talking to him. When this book Flyboys first came out and uh, this story was really made known to, to so many people, certainly the American people, uh, how was it received? What did it come to mean to, uh, really the American people who have talked to you, uh, said that they've read your book? Well, you have to read the book. I mean, if people are right now disgusted by these Japanese atrocities, you'll see the book has a balance, that it was a time of very high atrocities. I mean, it was the most expensive part of the war. It was the most killing part of the war, the bloodiest part. The end game against Japan was the most expensive and costly in terms of lives lives part of World War II, and there was a lot going on. So yes, it was an atrocity to behead these flyers. Uh, you'll see in the book, I'm interviewing Japanese mothers who are running from napalm, running from, uh, running from American fire in the sky, who also thought that some American actions were atrocious. So it was a time of war. It's a book about war, and it takes two sides to tango. Do we know anything about the personal lives of these really extremist Japanese officers who who carried these things out, other than the fact that they were totally delusional and crazy? We know that they served in China. And, you know, the, the chapter on, um, on the Japanese in China, I call The Rape of China. Iris Chang wrote the famous book, Rape of Nanking. Well, I called it The Rape of China. I mean, anything went. And there were tremendous... Uh, uh, atrocities done against the uh, Chinese. And these two officers were in the middle of that. And then when they came to Chichijima, they just formed this kind of weird uh, drinking party. And they were, as you'll see, they were wildly on the floor drunk. And when they got, when they got a pilot, um, you know, they would, as I said, cut off the head and and uh, barbecue the, the liver to get the essence of the pilot. Also, you have to understand the particular hate that flyboys generated. I mean, Hitler said, you know, any, any airman that we capture, that's, that's not a normal combatant. That's a war criminal to drop bombs on people. So imagine you and your family sitting in your home and Day after day, an anonymous airplane comes over and drops a bomb on your backyard, front yard, porch, chimney, and there's nothing you can do. There's a feeling of powerlessness. So 25,000 Japanese were on this island, and they were being bombed, and they, they couldn't fight back very easily. And um, they were under pressure. There's evidence that a number of them were going stir-crazy. They had this strange leadership, and strange things happened. Now, would these pilots, these flyboys, were they particularly bombers? 
Yeah, they were uh, bombers. They were uh, gunners sitting in the back. They were they were communications guys. I mean, only one pilot per plane, and about three or four guys per plane. They were they came off of aircraft carriers, so they were some of the most skilled pilots of World War II. I mean, airplanes were the most expensive weapon of World War II, so these guys had to be highly trained, very with it guys. They were cool. They were the flyboys. And uh, shot down by anti-aircraft then, or, or how were they shot down? They were shot down by anti-aircraft guarding the radio station. And a number of uh, guys died by crashing into the ocean. These flyboys that I write about survived uh, survived the crash. George Bush would have been, you know, would have had his head cut off and he would have had his liver eaten. But in a serendipitous case, he was out there in the ocean paddling away from the Japanese that whom he had just bombed and a American submarine surfaced to rescue him. Yeah, that's that's certainly one of the, the great, you know, what ifs in history. Well, James Bradley, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast and uh, share some of your, your expertise and uh, some of the things regarding your book, Flyboys, um, which I highly recommend to everyone listening. Uh, I really appreciate that you really give a, a balanced presentation in this book. But finally, for those who are going to pick up the book after this episode, what is one thing that you would leave them with uh, before they go and uh, begin reading it? Well, that is a book about war. And it's, and it's, you know, it's a rough book, but it gives the history of the Japanese thinking in the Pacific, uh, how they viewed the Americans, and uh, how that war really ended. You know, the fact that we were napalming Japan, the casualties involved, the horrificness of the end of the war against Japan. I get many, many comments from people saying they just had no idea. So it's a learning experience. It's an eye opener and it's Flyboys. Certainly. And I'll certainly put a link in the description below to Flyboys. Uh, James Bradley, thank you so much for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you all so much for listening today to Stories of the Second World War. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform and consider leaving a positive rating and review. You can also find the podcast at storiesofthesecondworldwar.com with more information about the show. Thanks so much for listening. Join us here again next week.